welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down gamma radiated with both its parents tragically killed before its eyes and aired live every week only on the Nonproductive Network. The only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio as always by Ken and Pete. Ken and Pete, hello. Yo, Frank. Yes. Hi. God. He just he just has this way of sucking every ounce of air out of the room. Even nice. on Near Mint, where we rank and review comics from best to worst. That's Mint, Near Mint, good, fair, and poor to you newbies, and try to guide you in what to read and what might be best to avoid. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about New York Comic Con, all the exciting comic book-related news that 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 dropped after New York Comic Con. Um, all the comic stuff, remember? Comic uh, books. Wait, there, there were comics there? There was a little bit. We're going to talk about New York Comic Con. Uh, we are also going to talk about uh, the books we read this week. We have read books, and we will talk to them to you, our listeners. That's how the arrangement works, people. Ken. Yeah. You were the one who spearheaded this episode. You're the I one who's like... deny everything. You said, you no, know we what, are, folks? we are officially throwing you under the bus. New York Comic Con is where it's at. It's where the kids are at, is what you literally said. Those are your exact words. <laughs> I don't know if those are my exact they, words. It's where all the cool cats are at. That yep. sounds more like that, me. Uh, right. All the cool cats, the, uh, the, the hep kids. The hep kids. Uh, and that we are really obliged... To cover this this landmark event, uh, this is typically the place where once a year we say it's not about comics anymore in a very nasally geeky voice. I think we just did it. We got it out of the way. Yeah. We're going to acknowledge that not everything involving the comic book universe is strictly about the funny pages. Yeah, right? but I uh, mean it's it's it says right in the title it's not all about comics. It, it it's half comics and half con. Yeah, sure. That's the con part. Yeah. You come in there for comics and then you get con. Now, oh. uh, we are going to, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, all, uh, it's it's a very exciting time to be a geek. And these things that used to be fringe that only you and a few of your sweaty, geeky friends knew about. Now are, have multi-million dollar series on AMC. Exactly. Uh, in fact, we have a video coming up pretty soon where we uh, talk about all the wonderful uh, geek uh, television that's coming out uh, that we should and try to guide people what to watch and what's better to avoid. I'm so super excited for that video. Where can I find it, Frank, you when find it's finally it released? on our YouTube channel and on our Facebook page. But it, it, it was the first episode was about comic book related properties and how they've moved to television and it it we couldn't we couldn't fit it all in one attention span no 15 minute gra- gap we had to we had to just make one just for the comic book shows well, that's um, great because actually now with the new tv season i'm happy i got all my comic book shows back oh you're gonna get more than you can handle because yeah. there is almost impossible to watch all of these oh absolutely but let's focus on uh near comic-con what's the first bit of news that me who it was under a rock for most of new york comic-con construction accident tell me what i should pay careful attention to again uh straying away from some of the comics this year sure now one of the big stories that i was i actually found impressive it, it seems like th- like this is the year for Stephen King. Yeah. All right. There was a trailer for um, a new series that Hulu is going to be doing next year called Castle Rock. And it's pretty awesome. Uh, if you're if you're a fan of Stephen King, it takes place in the town of Castle Rock, which is very similar to virtually any other town that you know shows up or appears in a Stephen King novel or movie. Um, but there's hints of all of, 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 of a bunch of the characters from his books in this town. You know, Stephen King was like one of the uh, progenitors of the shared universe concept in his in his fiction. Yeah, I mean, to a degree. I mean, Castle Rock was a pretty big thing, you know, uh, that that showed up in at least five novels that I can remember. Yeah, I mean, we actually get the character. Um, oh, God, what's her name from Misery? 
I believe in it. Uh, Kathy Bates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, we get yeah. Kathy Bates from Misery. We find out that uh, Shawshank is is within this this city. <laughs> Shawshank was portrayed by Morgan Freeman. Yes. 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 <laughs> Let's just keep going with this. <laughs> no, but uh, remember I, Shawshank Jones from, uh, no. from Shawshank Redemption? No. Uh, Shawsh- Shawshank was the name of uh, Tim Robbins' character. Oh. Oh, that makes the whole or movie make sense. No, now. it was the old guy. The old guy. The old guy in, in the prison. Wasn't he the He, uh, he was what? named Shawshank. I thought, that, I thought he was the guy from Up. Yes. Think about it. Crossover. Think about it. I, I, do, I do all the time. No, don't. All right, yeah. So, yeah, there is a... Okay, there's a couple other... Uh, so, yeah, we, we do see... It looks like we do see some characters and, and familiar nods from Stephen King in, in this town. And one of the cool things, too, is we actually get some Stephen King film alumni actually playing parts in this. Sissy Spacek is cast in it. Oh, cool. Bill Skarsgård, who's recently in It, mm-hmm. plays Pennywise, is in it. it. It looks like it could be kind of fun. Um, and and scary at the same time. So I'm looking forward to that. Isn't an is it like a? Do you know if it's an anthology series or a scripted kind of? It's, like, no, yeah, it, it, like I a, believe it from the look of it, it it's, it's a scripted. Yeah, like a continuous yeah, narrative. Yeah, that's the gist of yeah. what I uh, got got from from watching the uh, trailer. Oh, cool. okay. Well, based on that, I'm going to be highly disappointed if at some point in the series I don't see Pennywise the clown driving Christine with Cujo in the back seat. <laughs> By the way, any fans out there, if you want to paint that for me. Oh yeah, yeah. And, if if and you post actually want to Facebook page, if you want to do some fan art for us, that exact that is that is 100% the kind of thing we would love to watch. Um yeah, that all right, that so, sounds yeah, really cool. Yeah, and like, like, so between that and then you got it and Dark Tower, this and um uh, what the what, oh, Gerald's game just came out on Netflix recently. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Um you know, it, it's his it's his year, man. He, he's making bank right now, you yeah. know. Yeah. And horror. it's a good time it's a good time to be a, a fan of him and horror. <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely a horrific time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else is there <laughs> yeah, to no. uh, discuss from New York Comic Con? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, Marvel had uh, had a, had a heck of a weekend. I've heard. Um, I've heard a lot about uh, about some of this, but not not details. So yeah. I'd love to have answers to those. Marvel questions. by 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 most people's accounts seems to have had an, a disastrous weekend at Comic Con from a, a PR standpoint. I guess. Uh, Although, if you take the idea that there's no such thing as bad publicity, it's hey, a terrible idea. gangbusters. Yeah. Um, the good thing for Marvel is most of, the, most of it really isn't their fault. A lot of stuff was stuff beyond their control. They had planned for a giant event, a giant panel. Uh, th- this year, Comic-Con was hosting... Some of its larger panels at the theater in Madison Square Garden. That's right. Yeah, uh, because nothing, it, nothing in the swelling. Javits Center can can contain it. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a big problem for New York Comic Con moving forward. It's it's hard yeah. not to be a citywide event at this point. Yeah, but they were supposed to have a big uh, Netflix panel, Marvel and Netflix, going into details about the new Punisher series. I forgot on I almost forgot that there was a Punisher series coming out. Yeah. However, after the the tragedy in Las Vegas, they they made the executive decision that promoting Marvel's big gun-toting vigilante who's oh. a huge promoter of gun culture. I didn't realize that's why. It's yeah. probably not the right time. I did not realize why so, they had canceled uh, it. They, they backed out of it. Oh, man. 
Instead, they, I think, quietly dropped the trailer after Comic-Con. Uh-huh. And they instead replaced it with a uh, a short film or a movie that's really just a an interview between Joe Quesada and Stan Lee. Interesting. So, I mean, they gave the fans there something. Yeah. But um, the people that showed up for the Punisher panel, if they didn't have word ahead of time, were, must have been really disappointed. So I... Um I'm all over the place on this emotionally. Yeah. When I first heard a little bit about it, about the canceled panel, I'm like, how can you screw something up that <laughs> that significant? Like, I know Netflix may... Like, the Netflix Marvel shows are pretty important yeah. uh, in terms of this audience. Uh, how can you mess that up? But knowing why... Why? Why? Yeah. I... I can't fault them for that at all. I can't. It was a real... They were in a real tough position. They had a real tough call to make. And... There was no winning that, really, but I think they made the best decision they could. I wouldn't say that Punisher as a whole, either the, either the TV show or the portions he was in in in, in terms of, uh, you know, in uh, Daredevil season two or 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 the comics are are like applauding gun culture, but like if you're teasing a show and you're only got trailers to drop, I, it's not enough detail for you to to be able to put out there in. Like without without facing any criticism, yeah, you know it's not the final work which can maybe stand on its own against that kind of criticism. I don't know. Yeah. I feel I feel real. That, yeah, I can't fault them. I can't remember any instances of the Punisher doing PSAs or promotional things for the NRA. <laughs> um, but at this, and, and it's almost also, impossible to do that without it sounding completely like. Not not even tongue in cheek, but like satire, where you're like, yeah, this is this would be the kind of person who would support the NRA. <laughs> but at the same time, the Punisher and guns are inextricably linked, right? Yeah, and you know, maybe if it was a month out, you yeah, might maybe. consider doing I, it. I, but I don't know things what the are so fresh. Expiration date on that is, yeah, but but oh. it is going to be tough now because at the same time, by pulling it, by canceling the panel, you. have kind of linked the character to the tragedy. Yeah, I, I could see more than it was before. So they were in a real bad position. Yeah. No matter that's what. Difficult. So can we talk a little uh, bit about the Joe Quesada uh Stan Lee thing? Uh I think that sounds interesting. I yeah. think out of context, if it wasn't co- relate like as a re- last minute replacement for for Punisher, I would be interested in seeing that conversation. Man, going back to the '90s and even even more recently, I mean, we used to have. Oh God, do you guys remember there was a, a VHS series about uh, comic book illustrators, the comic book greats, and it would open up with Stanley hosting it and he would talk to the current artist so you had um rob liefeld and jim lee oh, wow I don't and todd mcfarlane no, that was only I... only er, only art nerds read that yeah. well and and there were really fun videos and it showed how the artist actually was created it, was it medicated stanley or was it oh no it was those stanley we were all it was with actually now. you know what it was it was the out of touch with the with with that era's youth stanley well that's stanley yeah, yeah. all right that's fine so, yeah for those uh, of you who don't know what we're talking about we have some maybe we'll put links in the podcast description there was some early stanley work on records i think it was audio only. Where oh, he the Mighty sounded, Marvel. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was just very, very laid back. You know, oh, the Fantastic Four radio shows. I'm just going to narrate yeah. what's going to happen. This yeah. is an old-timey superhero. It was yeah. not Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then, so there were moments where, like, they would interview Stan, too. And then later on, there was a great video that, uh, that Kevin Smith sat down with Stanley and did a full interview with him. So, 
And they're all great. Like, he always has all these stories, and he's one of those guys, he can tell it again, and I'm still enthralled. Just yeah. because of how he explains things and talks about it. So I, I would love to be able to sit there and watch something like that. Right, right, yeah. I could definitely yeah. see that. I would I would watch that. Yeah, it sounds interesting. All right, uh, what mm. else? What else have we got? What other uh, New York Comic Con <clears throat> stuff? Uh, was there more from the House of Bad Ideas? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, before that, even, on Thursday morning, Marvel had a... Uh, a breakfast meeting with uh, retailers. It's it's something I believe they've done for several years now. Diamond hosts it. Or, yeah. uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, puts it out, yeah. It's a chance for some of Marvel's top creative people to sit down and have a chat with uh, the, the retailers, the people who own the comic shops. Also have a real meal because they're Marvel's top creative. I mean, they're still writers. Yeah. They'll look for free food <laughs> wherever they can find it. Well, apparently... An uh, artist. Things got a little ugly when some of the retailers started complaining about the recent diversification of the Marvel line. I think this is the the scandal thing I heard of. Yeah, yeah, probably. It was going out there. They were tossing out a lot of uh, homophobic slurs, uh, anti-women slurs, referring to the freaking females. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that Pretty alliteration was not Stanley, just so you know. No, no. I mean, that it was just you want to say, because it's freaking females, could be a great title for a cover for like a book, but not or in this It case. might have been. <laughs> we don't know. A couple of decades ago. Yeah. Uh, but apparently it got so bad, the, the, the crowd turned on itself and there was arguments falling just short of physical altercations to the point where they just abruptly ended the breakfast and kicked right. everybody out. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it didn't look good. But again, not Marvel's fault. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. Know, uh, they're doing everything they that they can. That's embarrassing. If you're yeah. literally, and I think this puts everything in context, if you are, if you're one of those retailers who is complaining there and threatening fights, you are the embodiment of the disgusting comic book nerd that makes it hard for other people, regardless yeah. of gender, race, or identity, to like publicly say they're a comic book nerd. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the uh, you're the the dark. I hate. I've, I'm in a dark room with the shades drawn, and I hate everything. Oh man, that's a shame. I, I really have a problem with that, and it really ticks me off that that happened because there are legitimate concerns. That people have about you know the diversification of changing older characters. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can see that. There, there's an argument to be made. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that there is a rational argument. Yeah, there are way too many Wolverines. I agree. <laughs> I I completely agree. Too many Batman's. That's actually the 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 rejected title for for Dark Knight's metal metal was too so. many Batman's. Yeah. <laughs> brochure said there'd be some batman exactly this is way too many batmans yeah i mean yeah yeah, you could you could say uh, i'm not gonna make the gun uh gun argument you could say all there are reasoned arguments in all this garbage but like you can't ignore how how powerful the jerks are if they could (laughs) shut down free food at comic-con that is if it's free food at comic-con and people are like no we're done then you have to say, you know what? This isn't as an isolated incident. There may be a problem within the hobby. I'm just saying that. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say on that. Yeah. And one final point. This came out of an announcement from Marvel's little-known custom edition department. 
which is a department that uh, makes comics for corporate clients and brands. You know, you can do internal comic books to release to your employees. Yeah. Uh, about safety and whatnot. We've seen, and those are like not quite collector's items because they have no value, but we enjoy them. Yeah. I have a yeah. craftsman book, I think, out of D.C., that we gave away on a live show we did yes. a couple of months ago, a craftsman superhero where uh, he comes to rescue the Justice League for like rusty joints and yeah, I, bad. And I you know, know what? If I remember correctly, his name was not Craftsman, although it should have been. It definitely should have been. <laughs> de- who who was in that meeting and did it? Who did it suggest it? Somebody was sitting there going, "I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on this. This is a million dollar idea." I'm I'm betting somebody was screaming it and just got shouted down. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible. But uh, Marvel was doing this. Uh, this was one of Marvel's ones. Uh, and they announced a uh, a partnership they were doing with military contractor Northrop Grumman, mm. company that produces the B-2 stealth bomber, well known for making billions and billions of dollars off of primarily the United States Armed Forces. Um, I think the primarily is also worrisome in that sentence. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, but yeah, it basically... The, the comic was intended to promote uh, STEM education. All right. That's cool. So... That's kind of a noble thing, but just the the attachment to Northrop Grumman had fans. Mar- Marvel made the announcement on Twitter, and the fan backlash was so extreme to it that they almost immediately turned around and said said they they had released the comic on their digital platforms. They pulled it off. I believe they were recalling physical copies. Oh, maybe it is a collector's item now. <laughs> and uh, and announced that they were canceling the partnership. Holy! Because crap. people were upset that uh, that Marvel was tying themselves to a company that is seen as being war profiteers. Now, particularly, yeah, when you think when you consider the fact that the comic had, among other heroes, Iron Man on the cover. Oh, that's interesting. And it was kind of ironic, considering you know when you think about most versions of Tony Stark's origin. He previously headed a company very similar to Northrop Grumman uh, and had a change of heart after being taken prisoner and uh, yeah, rallying against almost killed by weapons of war. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. So, wow. uh, yeah, um, again, uh, and th- that that was probably the one questionable decision by Marvel there. Although when they when they saw the fa- I, I, I give them credit for when they see, saw the uh, fan outrage pulling it. I'm sure they were getting a nice, pretty penny. Yeah, yeah. From that, I'm, I'm sure this is costing them some money to do it. So, what I feel like is perhaps beyond the scope of this podcast is like Marvel seems to be making, at least on in some ways, a lot of progressive decisions <laughs> that are biting them. In a way, you know, not necessarily. It's not the decisions that are biting them, but there are there is going to be fallback. There's it's fallback, hard, yeah. Right, there's fallback from it. I'm just hoping that the people who have the most to benefit from these progressive decisions, like rally, you know, yeah. and support Marvel for doing what's right. Like, yeah. It, yeah, okay, it sucks that they've had a character tied in with their uh, with, with a <laughs> military industrial complex thing, I guess. But you know, they at least recognize there was an issue and reacted to it maybe i agree i um and what i what i give them credit for is noticing that they're in a bad situation you know not necessarily through their own fault but 
making the right decision regardless of the potential consequences to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, you see what's what's better, doing the profitable thing or doing what's right. That's what the I almost those angry losers who shut down that free breakfast. I'm mostly <laughs> no the that those angry people are probably the ones snickering right now, thinking, "See what happens when you capitulate with liberal agendas. You get all this negative publicity. It doesn't matter. They won't buy comics, and that really sucks. And it especially sucks if it even has a little bit of reality to it, just at a co- for whatever reason, coincidence, sales are dropping, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like this is definitely the time to rally behind your your." Friendly local comic book. Yeah, the, the friendly is the underlined italicized yeah. word. Um, but yeah, all right. Wow, Marvel. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Here's a bell for you, Marvel, for trying. You're a big company. Sometimes it takes a little bit more than trying. Mm-hmm. But you are trying, and at very least, I can give you a bell on a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else cool coming out of New York Comic Con that I need to know? Remember, I was under a rock because of a construction accident. Frank, uh, my next thing that I'm curious and yet furious over. Oh, okay. Um, is going to really, I think, personally, after for knowing you for so long, is going to really upset you. Mm-hmm. Did you hear anything from DC about the new Jeff Johns project? I didn't. I know I accidentally uh, retweeted news that was really old uh, a few weeks ago. Um, Probably shouldn't Jeff, have owned up to that. On Jeff, the John, Jeff Johns, one of the guys responsible for giving us the mo- pretty much the most recent incarnation of the DC universe, right? Absolutely, is putting out a series called the Doomsday Clock. Oh dun, Lord! Dun, dun. Oh no! No! Uh, I know! I know! Oh, how does this? How does this connect? To you know, and that's the, the thing. Like, no, we, you don't get to be surprised about this. No, because. He's been baking this into the post-Flashpoint universe from the beginning. Uh, oh, contraire. I do get to be surprised about it because I stopped reading That's DC exactly the, because yes, of this you, stuff. Thank you, Frank. So <laughs> I have no... No, I do kind of know what's happening. Pete's right. This has been uh, teased at for a number of years now, I believe. I'm guessing with the, with the start a couple years ago with the Watchmen prequels? Yeah, I think it may have... Uh, that probably was the backdoor start of everything. Yeah. But, uh, but I think Flashpoint, the, yeah. uh, the, the, when the New 52 started. Right. Uh, we, it was when we started getting the little hints here and there. Inside the Batcave, they found, they uh, found Batman a, uh, found a, a smiley face button with a drop of blood on it. God, I'm so glad I did not read any of that. I was I, interested I, I in it. I jumped out at that point. I was interested in it, but like it is very much car accident. Like, oh, I need to look at this. If happen. I remember correctly, finding that button is part of what led to uh, the the metal. Yeah, it makes the sense. There's, metal. You're exploring the multiverse wow. and what's going on. Regardless. So, so yeah, so, uh, you know, the fact that Jeff Johns is doing it, I do like Jeff Johns. I like his writing. I think he's been one of the only people that have been, that have helped, you know, keep DC going and people interested. And Real quick, we all know what we're talking about. Do you, do you want to reveal what? Yeah. So, so, yeah, so. For people that didn't get what uh, Doomsday yeah, Clock no, I, is. I, I was getting into it. Um, oh, sorry. The fact is, I trust Jeff Johns, or I, I have trusted Jeff Johns in his work from what i read so i'm so curious that he's going to fold in the watchman mythos into the dc universe 
Yes. And I, you know, if, if it was anybody else, I'd be, you know, on message boards blasting my harsh words, but, you know, we're, you, you know. give him a lot yeah. of credit. Yeah. So, I mean, if one person was going to do it, I'm glad it's him, but I'm still kind of not happy that they're doing it. So, again, I'm curious but furious about it, you know? I think it has potential. Um, it, it could be very interesting as long as they they stay faithful to the original series and they don't go back and, and change stuff for no apparent reason. Right. I mean... Uh, uh, so here's by the thing. way, yeah, they uh, they did release the Ash Can preview, Ashcan, yeah, uh, for Watchmen. Which spoiler alert, which at the end reveals the return of Rorschach. Really? Yes. All right. So here's my my long jaded history with with Watchmen and redoing it. It boiled down into something that nobody really cares or wants to hear this anymore, especially after the movie came out. Uh, I really love the original comic book. I think it's seminal. I think it's great. I think it really needs to be kind of in its own little bubble of time as well. Like, I think it doesn't necessarily read well as well now. It's like Moby Dick in a way. You can't just, you wouldn't. You wouldn't expect someone to write Moby Dick now. The business has you changed so much. You're, right. you're accustomed to how books yeah. are now right. as, as how they were made and written. Uh, I feel like there's like really lazy ways of of trying to capitalize on Watchmen as a book that kind of undercuts the point of the book. Right. Uh, and I feel like some, some of the laziness, the movie in a way was kind of lazy because it just made a lot of shortcuts to try to condense the story. It it didn't really make a lot of sense as a film, maybe as a miniseries, but it, what, it just didn't quite work for me. And every attempt to kind of revisit this has always felt kind of hackneyed. Right. Just because there's so many better ways of doing it. Just trying to capitalize literally on the popularity of a character seems wrong. On this, there's something about, I've only like heard a little bit about this, but the idea that Dr. Manhattan is going to have a, a philosophical debate with Superman at some point, apparently. And if that, re- if they, if that payoff is good, it could be very good, because it's been a long time since Watchmen came out. Watchmen was very good at examining where comics has brought us so far at that point right we've come a long way since then and if we could re-examine everything that could be really interesting and like i said I, I was expecting a lot of outcry when i first read about this and from what i'm seeing online a lot of it a lot of uh fans are seeming very positive about this and very happy that this is happening i think they and, I, and i was surprised after seeing it again not reading dc not knowing that this was happening i mean you guys were in on it but you know way before i was so uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, it's a combination of the movie and the before Watchmen and the hints that were coming out uh, for a while, and even the new Fifty Two and how we just kind of want to we want an <laughs> explanation for wh- why all this is happening. Right, and I, there's the potential of being able to examine comic books in a way that's meaningful. That would be great. I don't know why we need these sacrosanct characters to do that we can't do it in an original way but i guess that's just that's kind of the way comics are we really don't create new characters all the time we just use the same old characters over and over again to tell new kinds of stories it could be good i'm i'm interested to see how uh dr manhattan and superman would relate to each other Although I wasn't re- aware it was going to be a philosophical debate. And it may not be. I, I imagine more of like a laser beam eye debate. <laughs> that would be uh, interesting. Actually, another thing that they've been teasing with uh, at least one image, I believe, if I'm interpreting the image correctly, 
uh, is some sort of dealing between Ozymandias and Lex Luthor. Makes sense. Which I think would be very interesting to see those two characters hmm. coming together and interacting with each other. I have no idea how it would play out, whether they'd be enemies or allies or what. I would love to see Ozymandias sort of take him down a peg, take Luther down a peg. Yeah. And say, Listen, you're a little, you're a little cartoony, <laughs> a little cartoony supervillain here. <laughs> I don't know. It 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 certainly yeah. has potential, but it's right now it's Schrodinger's cat of of potential. Like it could be it, it could be dead or it could be cute. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, really, ugh. <clears throat> I I tell you, I will uh, I will forgive everything if this somehow leads to DC putting out a six-issue Watchmen Babies limited series. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a co-production with Bongo Comics. Uh, you know what? Sure. Sure. I, I, I want to see What that. if Alan Moore was like, I will come back for that? <laughs> I would, I mean I would, that. I would, how, I would how be doing backflips. Yeah, how amazing. I, I, yeah, interesting. So, all right. We break here for one second. Okay. I don't know if you've seen... Have you seen the image with uh, Lex Luthor and Ozymandias? No. Hold on one second. Let me show that to you. So, yeah, this cover that Pete just drew my attention to. What, what are we looking at, Pete? Uh, you are looking at, if if I'm interpreting this correctly, Ozymandias's hand resting on Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is, is square in fr- in the middle of the frame. He's got just the sitting, evil, brooding. evil finger tenting. Yep. Uh, wearing his uh, his old paisley supervillain vest and i'm colorblind but is that a, is that a yellow uh, shirt that is he's got yeah. on over a yellow shirt and his business suit it, it's emblematic of the cartoonish supervillainy you were talking about yeah and it looks like ozymandias is just sitting there like he laid down the law to lex luther settle down settle down let me show you nah, yeah. uh, there's a lot of a lot of projection going on here but pretty cool i will notice uh, there's something interesting about doomsday clock as the name of the series, yeah. DC. Doomsday Clock. I don't know. This could be good. It could be... I, I just hope I that know. they resist the urge to actually involve Doomsday in this. Oh, God, oh, please. God. Oh, that's going to be... That would totally just take me out of it. I'd be like, no, this is the worst thing ever. And you know what? Mm-hmm. This this graphic I'm seeing on the promotional material of Jeff Johns holding up the, the Doomsday Clock where midnight is replaced with a Superman symbol. There's something about this that feels so painfully corporate. I, I mean, I don't know, as a writer... Oh, that's not even the painfully corporate one, I don't think. Oh, no? But let me... This Go, one you, is just you the, do yours. the mix of different brand logos. The the writer who did not originate these characters still going like, this is how I'm going to... I'm bringing it. I'm bringing, yeah. I'm bringing sexy back. And I'm not even... I don't know. It's just... It feels a little weird. I just can't put my finger on it. And uh, there's a mixture of hope and dread. I think on that page you've got there that close-up of Rorschach's face yeah. from the lenticular oh variant my cover. God, that's awful. That is awful. Where Rorschach's oh my god, his mask shifts to form the emblems of Superman, the, Super, the Holy the, Trinity, the, the Trinity. Yeah. Oh why? Superman, Wonder Woman, and uh, oh why? That is all right. I'm, I'm, the I, clock is itching towards midnight. <laughs> if, 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 if I did not miss my guess, guess, I believe Alan Moore uh, went to the Brazilian rainforest to contract a deadly disease, died, and subsequently rolled over in his grave. Oh, all right. I after thought. seeing that, interesting. He did all of that just to roll over in his grave. Got it. 
Yeah. All right. So um, that was protracted. I apologize. That's okay. We're all sorry at this point. Uh, so is, does that close the book at New York Comic Con? I think that was everything that happened at New York Comic Con. That, that seems reasonable. Uh, for more coverage, you could actually go to our website, non-productive.com. We got pictures. We got videos. We got uh, audio audio files that you could play in your eardrums. Stuff like that there. All of which that proves words. all of which proves that I was just wrong. Yes, in my absolutely statement. as usual. Yes, wait. It's metaphorical. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.